May I speak in the name of God. Good morning. I'm so pleased to be with you again. My name is Brian Litzenberger. I'm a parishioner at Trinity and an aspirant for holy orders in the Diocese of Massachusetts. I've been praying for you and wondering how you all are doing. We've been through a lot together, and these days that lengthen into days and days and days, well, they can be long. I have a Facebook friend who has a list of the essential items that we have been pandemic shopping for each week, reading a little bit like the 12 days of Christmas, quite frankly. Throughout this journey, I'm grateful for the faithfulness of this church community that has been made so evident through all of our efforts to remain connected, because I'm making this up as I go along. Are you? And this is when I long to be an undoubting disciple of Christ. Not skeptical, not Thomas. Tell me what to do. Lead me. Where is this place of refreshment? I'm ready, because things can be rough. I miss my people. I miss you. Zoom calls help to stay connected and can get work done, but they don't supplant the actual connection of being together, seeing your faces, sharing a cookie at coffee hour, a cup of coffee, the Eucharist. I think about the journey of the disciples with Jesus, how they came to know him, came to see his gifts, his ministry, his divinity, how they came to know, to trust, and to love him, and how incredibly helpful this must have been to each of them. Walk with me, Jesus. Teach me about God and help me to know God in this moment, in this world, in this life. And he did, again and again and again, and until the end, which is where we find him in today's gospel, on the eve of his crucifixion, imparting his last words of love to his family. What do you say in this moment? Can you imagine how potentially freaked out the disciples could have been? This man that you have grown so close to, who has loved you and led you and helped you to redefine and redirect your life, who challenged you to know him and know God in ways that surpass all understanding, and you made it. You found a way to love, a faith deeper than, than you could have imagined. And here he is telling you that he's going. I can imagine feeling that loss, I can imagine feeling lost. Where are you going? Can you take me with you? It is in this crucial moment that Jesus says three very important things. One, if you love me, keep my commandments. Two, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And three, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. And as I think about these words, I am drawn back to our present moment. How do we walk forward from here? We each know loss. We each know grief. We each know sacrifice. And if we stay there, we will each know anxiety and or depression, what our minds do when left with no other option. Either rev it all up in hopes of randomly getting something right, anxiety, or shut it all down because we can't pinpoint the problem, depression. 
but each of these methods make it harder to solve problems. They distance us from each other, and they can block us from God. And what I have come to believe is that there is no healing, no helping, no transitioning out of fear and into a life-sustaining future without the grace of God. And here I am so grateful that we have a window into Jesus' farewell moments with his disciples. And perhaps it is here that we too are given some strength, some direction, some help. Again, as I read it, Jesus says three fundamentally important things in this gospel message. One, keep my commandments. Two, what I have been referring to as the transitive property of God. I am in you, I am in God, and therefore God is in you. And three, as he leaves us, he, God, is sending us the Holy Spirit. This is a good day. The commandments Jesus refers to here are, Love your God with all your heart and mind and soul. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself, meaning love your neighbor and love yourself. So, awesome. May every little bit of us be tuned to love God and each other and ourselves. So, awesome. But that's not all. We also, through belief and faith, are indelibly bonded to God. God is with us, acting in and through us, here, now. All this is great. Fantastic. I mean, he could have stopped there. But if he had, I'm not sure we'd know what to do with ourselves. Where do we go from here? So far, it is clear that we are called to love called to see God in each other, called to nurture our own incarnate selves. But how do we go forward? How do we do this? As a therapist, I'm confronted by this question on an almost daily basis. What am I supposed to do? I get that. And this is where I get really excited. Because this is where we get to Jesus' third point. Behind door number three, we get the Holy Spirit. We are called to love, but we are also called by love. We are called forward by the love of God, called forward by love. As we are bushwhacking our way through life, making it up as we go along, looking for the next best place to put our foot, we get this beacon to light the way. The love of God, as revealed to us, is the path forward. Follow the love. In June of 2014, I got a phone call from our eldest son's birth mother, Bobby. She was losing it, crying, scared, in what seemed like free fall, reaching out to us from across the country. The state had taken her four-year-old son, our son's half-brother, into protective custody. She wanted help. She wanted comfort. She was lost. Ultimately, she wanted him to come and live with us. She wanted the boys to be together. I spent some time talking with her, reassuring, connecting, trying to understand. I agreed to be open to contact from the state's social workers and to think about what she was asking. 
My husband Robert and I spent some time pondering what to do. What would it mean to bring another person into our family? Who was this boy? And and how would we be changed? And in this series of discussions, we couldn't avoid thinking about this child and thinking about her love for him and for us. At the end of the day, I suppose we realized that we didn't have a choice. But that's not the whole story. Because for the year and a half that it took to get him here, a time full of anxiety and uncertainty and a whole roller coaster of emotions as Washington State waffled on where they would place him, for that year and a half, every Sunday, you prayed for him and for his birth mother, for Siggy and Bobby. And from your prayers, there grew in us a deepening sense of what was to be, of where God was calling us. I don't know if I've encountered a deeper love than the love Bobby showed us by giving up her sons to our care. Her love through her sacrifice and your love demonstrated in your prayers drew us forward, allowed us to take steps onto sacred ground. This was love calling us forward. And it was this love, God's love, your love, her love, that gave us the courage to step. I think about the moment we are all in now, working on how to move forward as states begin to open up again and we are allowed to conduct business and enter public spaces. We are each of us going to have to make serious decisions about how we are going to act and we are not going to agree. But I wonder if we can agree on this, to watch for love and to go where the Spirit leads us. We have the opportunity here as people of faith to demonstrate how to walk, how to lead a way forward into love. Now, I'm pretty sure that where you see God's love and where I do aren't the same, as we are all so unique in our abilities to perceive love How many amazing ways are there then for the love of God to break through into our collective lives? Imagine if each of us sang out in response to the love we find that is calling us forward. Given our different sensitivities to love, what an amazing symphony that would be. How then might I be led by what you see as love? Or might you be by what I see? So, in these difficult times, speak out about love and help light the path so that we can show each other the way of love. In the name and with the love of Christ. Amen.